Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that Right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome to another episode on the New Books Network. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Miranda Melcher, and I'm very pleased to have with me today Dr. Trolls Virgil Henningsen to tell us about his book titled Western Intervention and Informal Politics, Simulated State Building and Failed Reforms, published by Routledge in 2021. This book pretty much does exactly what it says um, and examines the many dynamics, the political dynamics, the military dynamics between local regimes and Western powers who are involved in various ways to help us understand why things that Western powers want do or don't happen, how local states um, deal with Western pressures and a lot more. So Trolls, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast to tell us about your book. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Before we get into the book itself, though, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit and explaining why you decided to write this? Yeah. Um, So um, I'm an associate professor at the Royal Danish Defense College um, with the Institute for Strategy and and War Studies. And I've been uh, teaching uh, military strategy and war theory and and, and also stability operation and and counterinsurgency operation. And that was uh, was really through uh, teaching that I got... uh, the uh, impetus to write uh, to write this book uh, because w- one of the things that really stood out when when I met the, our officers who have been to Iraq, Afghanistan, Mali, and so forth, it, it, it was constantly this um, frustration with the um, with the with the coin uh, concepts or uh, peace building concepts, uh, and it, it was always like the. If, if if only if only we um, if only we could get rid of uh, corruption if only we had a efficient uh, local uh, leader who would implement the frustra- uh, would implement the reforms that we uh, that we try to implement so, so there's this constant fr- frustration uh, uh, with with the, with the local uh, with the local um, authorities that 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 seems to um, that seems to 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 uh, to be to be part of of their experience, no no matter where they where they went. Um, so so and 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 one of the things that uh, that really uh, uh, struck me is that um, it it seems like that there must be something there must be something uh, else at play that that cannot really be uh, uh, be reduced to um, reduced to um, 
to to this uh, to 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 this uh, single person, for example, uh, Karzai in the, in Afghanistan, that uh, he 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 he's corrupt. He is uh, he's a drug addict. He's uh, mentally ill, or something like that. And and there must be something else at play. There must be something that that really dictates uh, how local politics. Um, um, how local politics work, and perhaps it uh, it really speaks to how um, to how the the our, our doctrines of the counterinsurgency and peace building and uh, that they don't really take into account. So, so what I really uh, was was puzzled by, and really would like to explain is um, is um, so so why did the officers experience not fit doctrine and the and the and the theory that uh, we presented them at the at the at the defense college so what 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 uh, how how can we understand the political dimension of uh, of military interventions better and, and and what kind of politics is is driving their their behavior that was really uh, that was really my uh, uh, my uh, the driver for for writing this book i think it's always really interesting when uh, books develop out of teaching and out of kind of practical, hang on, there's something out in the world, but it doesn't seem to be reflected in our research and our theory. Um, and it's very helpful to have those kinds of contributions. So brilliant to be able to talk about yours. Um, as you mentioned a little bit there, you had students coming from experience in multiple places. And obviously that practical element of real things happening is a key factor in this. So can you briefly introduce us now that you've explained a bit about the puzzle, um, the four case studies that you examine in the book and how you chose these to investigate? Uh, yes. Um... So um, I, um, I I chose uh, four case studies and um, and the case studies were, were chosen by the, the by uh, by to what degree uh, these uh, states were characterized by um, by what I call informal politics or formal politics and what I mean by this concept is that informal politics is you know, mainly it's mainly characterized by high levels of uh, clientelism very little programmatic politics or ideologically driven uh, politics um so so and 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 formal politics is, is of course uh, the, the other way around so i chose two um two case studies with the high level high levels of uh, informal politics um and um it was uh, mali uh and uh, from uh, 2011 to 2022 and the chat from uh, 2005 to 2010, uh, both uh, uh, both of these cases were characterized by um, by an existential threat uh, to uh, to the regime, uh, which they survived, uh, but uh, but but they were existentially threatened. And uh, then I chose uh, a case uh, with a mix of both formal and informal politics, namely Iraq from 2011 to 2018. And then uh, Algeria as a case of uh, more formal uh, political settlement, um, which uh, I uh, studied from uh, 1991 to, to 2000, so to the late uh, uh, civil war in uh, in Algeria. Uh, and and also um, the the advantage of choosing these four uh, cases is that you have uh, two cases of very uh, limited and indirect Western support, uh, namely Algeria and Chad. And uh, and and two cases of of rather um, robust uh, Western intervention, namely uh, Iraq and and Mali. So um, 
so that that was uh, that was really what drove me in just to um just just to to uh, to to um, to explain uh, why I, I I really look at this uh, element of of, um, of informal politics is that um, the book asks the question why do existentially uh, threatened regimes derail Western demands for administrative and political reforms when they depend on Western assistance for for survival and um, and one of the things that I uh, I look at is that informal politics is understood as um, as, as as, as a domestic factor that limits uh, the ability of the regime to uh, to, uh, to 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 navigate, and and one of the things that that I was really uh, puzzled by in, in the in the in the strategic security studies uh, literature that at that time was that um, they they seemed mostly uh, to to look at ways that that we could manipulate uh, these local regimes so that it it was more a question of they were not really willing to undertake uh, uh, the reforms, but they were able to if they were pushed enough. Uh, for example, uh, uh, PA, principal agent theory or alliance theory, both both assume that. And 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 when I look at existentially threatened uh, regimes, the idea is to say, well, at this point, they have the same interest as the, as the Western power. You must assume that. They, they would want to survive and their, their survival is at, is at stake at this moment. So, so they should have the same, uh, the same interest. Uh, and yet they don't do it. So in, in this case, you have uh, the, uh, it would be plausible to argue that something must prevent them uh, from doing that. So, so that, was, that was also why I, uh, I chose uh, to, to look at the case studies with, with high levels of, of informal politics. That makes a lot of sense. And I think those cases, um, there's going to be a lot of people kind of going, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that instance in this way before. So if we put these things together of the puzzle you're investigating and the case studies that you're looking at, can you walk us through your method and theoretical framework that you use to analyze them? Yes, um, absolutely. So, so as you as you can see from 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 the choice of of, uh, of bulk uh, cases, it's 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 a comparative case study to to see if you can you can really if you can see that 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 the level of informal politics has an um, uh, has an effect on on the way that the that the regime behaves. Um, so, um, what what is it's, it's extremely difficult to study. Uh, decision making in uh, in a in in a situation of of an existentially threatened regime, and it's especially difficult when you don't really have a paper trail. So in in informal settings, um, for example, in, in Chad in two thousand six two thousand eight, that's not really that's not really a, a, a anything that documents what 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 took place and 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 what what, what kind of decision making process uh, that was going on so I, 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 I wouldn't be possible for me to uh, to access that so instead i um i i, I took an indirect approach where i looked at uh, the level of, of informal politics which i studied as a as a historical um uh, study when i looked from in these cases the old post-colonial states so from from uh, from independence, uh, typically in in the early sixties, um, and then and see um, what 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 kind of elites uh, uh, took power, what what kind of how, how important was clientelism and so forth to uh, to establish the level of of informal politics, and then instead of looking at the decision making process, I was looking at at the actual uh, observable 
observable uh, behavior. Um, and uh, look, it sounds very positivistic. It's 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 not it's not only about that. It's it's also similar to black box the decision making process because it's so difficult to to study. But then I expect three kinds of um, uh, of uh, of strategic behavior from from uh, from uh, regimes in an in informal setting. And the first one is is that they will make use of uh, Praetorian protection, which is a military strategy understood as um, one element is that you have uh, reserved a few um, extremely loyal uh, forces that that are mainly. Uh, preoccupied with uh, protecting the regime, and then you have um, the larger uh, regular forces uh, who are typically uh, uh, they might be co-opted from from uh, from uh, former uh, insurgents or militias. Um, they um, they they might uh, they might not really have the uh, the trust of uh, of the regime, so they are typically. In, in various ways, uh, put in a in a in, in a in a difficult position that makes them uh, inefficient, and um, and so 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 the military strategy becomes very convoluted because the the most efficient units that you would really want to use, for example, for counterinsurgency, they are preserved for for um, protecting the regime and and the untrusted uh, uh, underprivileged uh, regular units. They are not really efficient for 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 example for counterinsurgency, but they can but they can be used as a as a way of um, a, a political instrument uh, to uh, to uh, to communicate and uh, negotiate with the uh, with the with the insurgents. So that was that was really one uh, strategy: Praetorian protection. And the the second element is the risk risk averse alignment because. If you don't really trust um, the state institutions, a lot of the elements of the security apparatus are not really uh, are not really trusted by the regime uh, because they are co-opted. Um, then uh, then you, you then you depend on on uh, on alliances. And uh, what I argue is that what really guides this is an extreme uh, risk averseness, um, which means that they will prefer uh, domestic uh, uh, alliances over. Uh, or foreign alliances uh, because they can better control it, and uh, also they will uh, they will hedge. Uh, so when they align with, for example, Western powers, they will hedge by um, by um, uh, by making an alliance with, for example, um, a regional power and so forth. So, um, but what what characterizes risk averse alignment and which is different from from an, a formal political setting is that sovereignty is really not uh, an issue. So it's, it's not really about protecting uh, the power of the state or the monopoly and violence uh, of, of the state. It's, 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 it's much more a, a fluent uh, political negotiation of constant uh, alignment and, and realignment. And then finally, if they depend on uh, Western powers, if they need to, uh, to make an uh, alignment here, uh, they will typically be forced to use what I call simulated state building, meaning that um, they are in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dilemma that they cannot really solve. So they, 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 are, um, they depend on a lot of the military elites that are 
part of the security forces or that they have um, that they have made an uh, alliance with um so so, so it depends on them on, on on the one hand and on the other hand they have western demands for uh, uh security sector reforms for anti-corruption initiatives uh for limiting the the, the influence of uh, of militias on on, on politics um and that really put them. They 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 cannot they cannot really make this. Uh, uh, they they cannot really handle both things at the same time. So what they do, uh, I would argue, is that that they, they simulate that they implement uh, reforms while at the same time making sure that these militarized elites that they depend on that they are still uh, actually uh, uh, getting the benefits uh, uh, that they uh, that they uh, that they demand. So. Um, so, uh, so, so the theory is that if if we have high elements of informal politics, we will see the, these uh, three kinds of uh, three kinds of um, of uh, of uh, strategies. And then, of course, uh, when I chose the four case studies, I would I would imagine that we will see variation in in the kind of strategies that um, that the regimes chose. So, given this theoretical framework, I was even more fascinated that one of your case studies is Chad, um, because it's not necessarily used that often in comparison, well, at all, or with some of the kind of, if we're thinking of um, sort of very entrenched or very uh, high level, not high level, uh, very involved Western interventions, Chad doesn't necessarily come top of the list. And yet, given these dimensions you've just taken us through, it is a really interesting case study to examine. So how does it fit into the framework you've just described? Well, uh, I, 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 I could just say perfect because because it 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 is really uh um it is really a, a a perfect case in in the sense that it has a very high degree of of informal politics and and um, Idris Deby who was the who was the president at this time he he really made use of these three uh, strategies to to a very high extent so so in that sense it, it is the the perfect case and. And as you say that that's that's I, I was also very fascinated by 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 um by uh, the 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 history of 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 chat so um, and 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 you're right we're not really thinking of it uh when when we discuss um contemporary western uh, interventions but but perhaps one of the things is that that France had been present uh since uh, since the war with the, with Libya with the operation KV. Uh, so, so it has really been an an ongoing operation, and uh, so so that that might be be why. But but it, but if I can just uh, uh, add a, a, a few more uh, details to to, to sure. give the listen uh, to give the listener an, an idea why why is such a, a fascinating uh, concept. Uh, well, um, you you can see that um, there's there's been a lot of uh, attempts to to um, to rein in the army, professionalize it, and um, uh, and 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 one of the, one of the things that that happens constantly uh, when when there are uh, insurgents is that uh, it's constantly it's constantly insurgents co-opted. So it's kind of an expectation that if you take up arms against the the government, it's not 
so much driven by normally at least so much driven by by ideology or uh, anything like it. It's it, it's almost like you expect to be co-opted. It's, it's more like an, a negotiation. Um, so so I think that that is really uh, that is really interesting. And also an, another thing that is extremely interesting about this case is is that it takes place uh, at the same time as as the the Darfur crisis. Um, and um, and 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 Darfur. Uh, I, I don't know if the right term is a genocide. I'm not an um, international law expert, but 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 almost uh, genocidal in, in in scale at least. And 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 one of the one of the tribes that are really um, uh, suffering from this is is this Agave tribe, uh, which is the same tribe as as it was to be the president of Chad is from. So so he can see that his his uh, his um, his own tribe is suffering in. Uh, in, uh, in in Darfur, and yet uh, during this uh, insurgency war uh, from 2005 to 2010, he aligned not only with the uh, with the uh, the Tama tribe who is uh, uh, behind much of the violence in, in in Darfur, but also Arab tribes who are also uh, involved with the with the Janjaweed militia. So that that says something about the level of pragmatism and uh, and the constant. Uh, and, and, and how this risk-averse alignment, how it works, and, and how pragmatic he needs to be. Um, and even in, 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 in 2010, we see that, that uh, uh, he can see that, uh, it was to be, can see that, um, that the, the, the insurgents, they constantly attack from Sudan into, uh, into Chad. Um, so, so he decides to, um, to realign with uh, with Sudan uh, to uh, to avoid this risk. So this is really a controversial choice because again he's cooperating uh, with with the people behind uh, the massacres in the in Darfur. But it's also a reflection that he doesn't really trust France at this point. He, the the relationship uh, between uh, Chad and France becomes much much better in in later years as as as, as you're probably aware of. Uh, but but at this point he doesn't really trust them because in 2008 um, the insurgents they were almost in in Jamina uh, the capital um, and uh, and and they stopped to discuss who would be who would be the president uh, when when they stopped the, the current regime who would be the president and, and so forth so they're stopping to discuss uh, how to uh, distribute the spoils of of, of this uh, victory uh, and France they are at this point undecided if they will support it just to be or not so but when they see the the insurgents uh, stopping and 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 they see all the conflicts uh, in in the insurgent alliance they decide at the last moment to uh, to support it just to be and and the, the french uh, uh, airplanes they uh, aircraft they um, they attack the, the insurgent columns uh, so so but this uh, the way that France acted—that's really—that uh, is, I, I, I would argue, at least—is uh, is, is behind the realignment of of uh, of Djibouti uh, towards uh, towards uh, Sudan. So I think that that's really uh, that's really interesting. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. I I think I'm glad you highlighted the word pragmatism. I think that is a really important feature of understanding. Um, how these decisions are made, and especially coming from the kind of Western literature that isn't necessarily 
um, thought of in terms of agency and pragmatism from the local leaders. So I think the case of Chad is a really helpful one in that sense. And I'd like to kind of stay on Chad sort of for my next question as well, because if we're thinking about French intervention in um, Africa, of course, the place that we often think of is Mali. Um, and you examine that in the book, which I appreciated to see sort of to what extent can we think of Chad and Mali uh, in a lot of ways, very similar, but not necessarily discussed together. So through the lens of your framework, what kinds of similarities can we see between the way decisions are made and the way uh, French intervention is weighed up between these two countries? Yeah, and, and, and I, I think also with, your, with your, the last comment, comment you made, uh, I, think, I think one of the commonalities is that um, the regimes, and I, I don't use a regime in, in, in a normative sense. It's, 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 so, so, so I use it both for democratic and non-democratic uh, uh, um, uh, leaders. Um, but one, one, one of the things is that this um, agency and pragmatism you, you speak of, that is, um, you, you see that in both cases. You see, you see a lot of uh, ability to navigate this extremely difficult uh, system of, of, of fluid the alliances, uh, but at the same time, uh, as skilled as, as as they are, they are also um, yeah, they are also trapped uh, within this informal uh, political setting. Uh, they they have to to navigate it that way. It's very difficult for them to transform uh, this kind of uh, of political settings, this kind of of uh, formal and informal institutions. So 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 they they are both characterized by informal politics. Um, and uh, and to some extent, they, they, they both made the use of of the of the strategies that I I mentioned with the Petrarian uh, uh, protection, risk averse alignment, and simulated state building. Um, for example, you can see that Chiré, um, uh, the president of uh, of Mali in, in 2012, before the coup, he um, he uh, he took power um, in, in 1991, uh, but. Uh, but but he did it. Uh, but he, his power base was really the regiment he served in. Uh, so uh, the paratrooper regiment, uh, and and this um, this um, this reliance on on on, uh, on elite units that are really favorized and then engage in in uh, in in, uh, in in this kind of uh, politics uh, that's really uh, that, that 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 could that could be that could have been uh, been been found in, in in chat as well but even though there are a lot of similarities i also think that, that there are there are some really important uh, differences so whereas chat you you see um, militarized politics is it's 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 very much uh, the way that uh, the most dominant elite they uh, they negotiate and and uh, they, how they come to power. You see in, in Mali uh, the militarization of of the of the elite is mostly in the north. Um, so um, because of of the way that uh, the the regime in Bamako prioritized that they uh, primarily uh, spent uh, money in in the southern part of of the, the country, the most populous part of the, the country. Uh, so, so it's really un, unprivileged uh, the north among the Tuareg and the Arab tribes. 
And at the same time, you see in, in the in the 90s and 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 the early 2000s, you see um, you see a rise in smuggling and what we will call uh, uh, illegal uh, economy. Um, um, so so so, and 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 the way they protect their smuggling routes is. is is by, by by the use of force and and uh, and and so so we see a, a rise in in the in the militias uh, and 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 how uh, how strong they are. So 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 what is dominant in in, in Chad is, is is mostly found in the in the northern uh, part of, of 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 Mali. When the crisis spreads, you see you see. Uh, uh, see much more in, in in the middle part of of, of the country, but at the beginning it was mostly mostly in, in the north. So it, it was it was not really an an existential threat until uh, very very late in 2012. Until then, it was just something that you could uh, you you could handle uh, on a shoestring, so to speak, by by just manipulating some of the some of the militarized elites in in the north. Uh, make uh, make some uh, alliances with with a few of them, so so they were more uh, you could say pro government, um, uh, but but at least you, they you you could manipulate them for your your purposes. Uh, also, I think that um, um, we 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 see that um, when when I look at the at Mali from two thousand twelve to uh, two thousand and twenty and. Um, and when we get uh, when we get the MINUSMA and the Algeria uh, peace agreement in, in 2015, we, it's 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 much more subtle how Ibrahim um, um, Keita how how he navigates this uh, risk averse alignment because uh, no doubt uh, he he has a much closer relationship with the with the pro. Uh, uh, government uh, militias, and even though that uh, as part of the peace agreement that that the Malian state should be neutral uh, towards different uh, militias and insurgency groups, but no doubt that he he places um, he, he supports them uh, in an indirect way, uh, and 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 really tries to uh, manipulate. Uh, um, the, the the peace agreement in a way that uh, uh, that favor uh, the pro government uh, militias and that is really undermining uh, the, the peace process to to a point where it's breaking down uh, actually in, in these months. Um, but but that that's that's also different uh, in from 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 the Chadian case where it was very obvious the cooptation was very obvious that you became a, a minister. Uh, for oil, for example, um, as 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 a as a as a co-option, then this is much more uh, thoughtful, I think, in the, in Mali. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that those points of difference are incredibly important to pick out, um, especially given informal politics can kind of mean so many different things and be interpreted in different ways and different contexts. So if we move then to a different context. When we think of Western intervention and especially experiences on the ground by Westerners in the military, um, not necessarily matching up to theory, I think one of the places we tend to think of most immediately in the field is, of course, the case study of Iraq. So if we turn there, what does the combination of formal and informal politics look like in that instance? And what does that tell us about the theory? Yeah, so Iraq was was really an interesting uh, uh, interesting case studies, and and I have to say that 
I look at at the, the second uh, uh, intervention, not the 2003 intervention, but but the 2014 intervention. And the reason I, I do that is is, is because uh, the first intervention is, is that means that the U.S. is is really dominating everything in in the in Iraq, and as long as the U.S. Uh, occupation forces are there, there's not no really existential threat to to the regime. So, so I look at the, at at the later period, um, and 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 I think it it it's extremely interesting because, um, and at some level, uh, I think um, you could argue that Iraq is uh, just as informal as as the as Mali and 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 Chad in the sense that there are extreme level of Corruption that is not really about only only about uh, getting richer, but it's also about paying off your political clients, uh, securing your own uh, position. Um, so 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 in that sense, uh, and and it's an oil-driven economy. So 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 that is also really important because um, it, it's really rent-based and it's 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 perfect for for clientelism. So in that sense, you could say that. Well, perhaps it's it's more uh, more it's, it's more a case of of informal politics. But 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 the reason I say that is 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 a mix is that the formal institutions uh, in Iraq are very um, are to to some extent aligned um, with with the uh, with with the power distribution uh, among the militarized elite. So, for example. Um, the, the the Kurdish uh, Peshmerga forces they are um, uh, they are accepted uh, within uh, within the system uh, they are paid paid off by um, by uh, income by by the oil income which is formalized in in the constitution as seventeen uh, percent uh, so 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 it's it's, it's the, the way the, the constitution and and the laws says that the these should be distributed. It's also uh, most of the time, at least, uh, what, what, what what takes place. And you see the same with the with Shia militias. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you you have the militias, and which 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 is obviously and uh, supports an idea that is mostly about informal politics. But on the other hand, the same militias, they are also political parties, political movements. Um, uh, so 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 they are. Uh, in, in in the parliament, and they they follow um, some programmatic ideas about what what kind of Iraq uh, should we have? Should we be more aligned with uh, Iran? Should we be more defined by our Shia identity than than uh, than being uh, Iraqis and so forth? So 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 there's there's um, there's some room for uh, for formal politics. It it actually matter. I would I would argue. Um, so and 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 we also see that in in the in the kind of of, of strategies that that the um, that the government of uh, Al Abadi who, who comes to power in 2014 uh, the kind of of strategy he uh, he implements. So you could argue that you still have element of Praetorian protection in the sense that uh, this counter terrorism uh, uh, service that the that the U.S. put in place they they are extremely loyal to uh, to to the president and and they are seen as uh, so to the prime minister and and, uh, and and they're seen as 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 his uh, as his force uh, but on the other hand they are not uh, present in in uh, in Baghdad as as a way of 
protecting the, the prime minister, they are at the, at the front fighting the, the war. So, um, so, so that's, that's an element of it. And also you see during the, the war that the um, Iraqi army, it actually improves a bit. So it's not just about co-opted militias that, that, uh, that, that are not very efficient. They are, they are recruited, they are trained, and, and they actually improve uh, at least a bit uh, during, uh, during the war with the, with the Islamic State. Um, and if we look at the risk-averse alignment, there are elements, there are absolute elements of it. So what what is the main accomplishment of, of Al-Abadi is that he keeps together an extremely volatile uh, alliance. So we have uh, pro-Iranian militias, we have um, more, in, in the light of a better word, nationalistic uh, militias, uh, which are uh, loyal to Al-Tistani, the religious leader in, in Iraq. And, um, and, and we have uh, Kurdish, uh, 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 Peshmerga uh, militias. We have uh, U.S. troops. We have Iranian uh, troops. We have U.S. Uh, Air Force. Uh, um, so, so, so it's it's, it's an extremely uh, volatile uh, alliance, and and he, and he managed to uh, to keep it together uh, by making some uh, rather uh, 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 difficult choices and difficult negotiations. So, so he, um, for example keeps the, the, the pro-Iranian militias uh, back. So when so it was the Iraqi army that makes the first attack with the U.S. support, and then uh, the militias come in and occupy the uh, city afterwards. So so that that's kind of the, the way that he's able to, to keep this uh, alliance together. And you also see it in in, in, in the way that it uses simulate state building is that as, as, as soon as... Um, um, the reforms is about uh, the position of of the pro-Iranian uh, militias. Um, it, it it it's extremely difficult for him to uh, to to uh, to pass the law. Also because, as I said, they're also political parties, so they veto uh, any legislation. And if if the legislation is passed, then uh, then they are able to uh, undermine it when it's, uh, when they try to to implement it. Um, so, so in some cases we see elements of simulated state building, and in other cases uh, they are actually able to uh, to make reforms. That, for example, as I mentioned, with with, with the army. Um, but one uh, one uh, one uh, really uh, in, in interesting uh, example of of the way that uh, that uh, Al Abadi uh, uh, tries to uh, tries to, to to make uh, legislation uh, to. Uh, um, to to rein in uh, the pro-Iranian militias and, and how it's undermined is uh, that the U.S. used used put pressure on Al-Abadi to to make these reforms. For example, uh, setting up uh, a national guard in 2014. That is, that is not able to do that. Uh, but but then we have the popular mobilization front, uh, which is a formal way of of co-opting uh, the militias into into the security forces of of Iraq, but what uh, what the what the, the pro-Iranian uh, militias actually do is that uh, they make sure that they are the ones who control um, the bodies, the, the highest bodies of um, the highest authorities of of the, of the PMF. So they make sure that they're still able to give um, enough money to uh, to have uh, contacts with Iran, even though it's not. Uh, it's not allowed, and they uh, they have 
a lot of uh, autonomy to uh, to act in the, in the ways they prefer. So 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 when he tries to uh, to implement uh, reforms that go against the interests of some of the most powerful mil uh, militarized elites, we see the same kind of uh, of simulated state building that uh, that we would expect in in the in less formal uh, context. I think that's a useful one to um, think about, especially given, as you said, you focused on the 2014 um, onwards aspect because there is room for a lot of different things to happen at the same time and understand kind of, wait, why did this bit work and not that one? And whose definition of work are we using? And kind of what what decisions are being made by whom? Um, I'd love to turn to your final case study of Algeria. In a lot of ways, I think there are some similarities with Iraq and some very useful contrasts to um, countries that we've discussed so far, especially I think Chad, because Algeria is sort of somewhat notorious for just how formal and fixed the politics are in a lot of ways. Um, and yet there is, that's not a hundred percent of what's happening here. So can you walk us through how your framework of examining formal and informal politics works in Algeria? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right that at, 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 at many levels, it is a much more formalized, and and we also see that that the the regime chooses very different strategies from from the ones that I've described in in, in the three other cases. So, um, as you as you as you, as you uh, hint to it, it it is um it is formalized in the sense that um since independence um uh, the the Front Liberation National uh, FLN um. Uh, really uh, takes power and 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 really dominates all elements uh, of state and society. So uh, the trade unions, uh, the state-owned uh, businesses, which are very important, the military, it, it they're really recruited from the same segment of society. They are they see their interests uh, as. Uh, um, as defined by the project that FLN uh, is, is pursuing, um, so 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 in that sense, it's highly formalized. Um, uh, who gets what and why? It's it's highly formalized in uh, in uh, Algeria, and also you see that the 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 insurgent threat they are fighting is is also highly ideologically motivated. It's not about, as we saw in, in chat, with the, this, this very, very pragmatic politics and expectations of cooptation. This is, this is, this is real. This is about uh, the, 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 the uh, Islamic insurgents. Uh, they want change and they want to create uh, an Islamic state, no doubt about it. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, the whole uh, state apparatus and, and, and all the supporting elements they want to preserve the state uh, the way it is. So, so it's much more uh, formalized, and we see that in 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 the way that that the the state reacts to uh, to the insurgent. And I should of course say this is an extremely bloody civil war with a lot of war crimes taking place on, on both sides of of, of 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 the conflict. So, um, so if if I uh, uh, make it sound like uh, uh, this. Uh, very efficient approach uh, by the state. It might be a, a little bit misleading, but, but because of course this is very this was a, a nasty war. Um, but 
but when you look at the way that they structure the military and, and, and the strategy, it's, it's, it's very efficient in the sense that they are able to, to uh, make a, a much more efficient uh, counterinsurgency force uh, within a relatively few years. They trust their regular units. Uh, they use their uh, most loyal, most uh, uh, well-trained uh, units. They, they use them very effic- uh, effectively against the insurgents, not for uh, regime uh, protection. Um, so, so, so in that sense, and 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 the military response. Perhaps this is the only uh, case. Uh, when, when you look at these four cases, it's the only case where it is actually security apparatus that solved uh, m- most of uh, most of the security uh, problem here. In all the other cases, it's about getting uh, assistance from from others or political negotiation that that ends the conflict. But this is really a military victory. They 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 fight uh, they fight the uh, Islamic insurgents until they are uh, very very uh, there are very few left. Um, and also, you can see that there are elements of risk-averse alignment that they, for example, um, uh, align with the uh, with the local uh, self-defense units. But 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 you can discuss what what kind of alignment it is because the authority is very much in place. So they are controlled by the state. They're only allowed to operate in a in a very well-defined. Uh, uh, a place and 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 so there's a lot of um, uh, regulation of of how they can act. So they are much more uh, uh, regulated and and uh, defined by the state rather than being uh, 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 ally in a in a normal sense. And uh, and also uh, with the with the with the kind of economic and uh, political reforms that are demanded by by um, um, by foreign powers or or international organization, you see that this is really the the heyday of of uh, the structural adjustment reforms and then this liberal agenda of of, of economic reforms. So uh, so when the, the uh, IMF they demand uh, macro uh, economic uh, reforms, they they actually implement them, and and it, it really, in this case, it, it, it in fact uh, improves their economy uh, rather dramatically. So 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 there's this willingness to to actually implement reforms. That said, uh, you also see some elements of uh, of informality. So for example, um, with the, with the with the demands for reform, uh, you see that. Uh, what was also part of of the, the demands for 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 economic reforms is 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 a high level of privatization because there's a um there's a lot of inefficient uh, state-owned uh, businesses and there you see um how important clientelism is within the state within um within the the trade unions within the within the state-owned businesses so it is privatized in that sense. Uh, they uh, actually implement uh, reform, but on the other hand, the the ones who get to own the company, they are extremely loyal uh, to the whole uh, uh, state project of of the FLN, and 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 so 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 it's kept uh, it's kept within uh, 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 the client network, so to speak. Um, and you also see that in a lot of 
smaller cases where, for example, they uh, liberalize um, uh, foreign trade and, and who is allowed to, to do foreign trade. But but when you see who gets the licenses, it, it is very much uh, the clients of uh, of, of the of the regime, so there's about a, a million members of the of of, of the FLN party, and and the and, and and they are they they receive a lot of uh, of privileges. So um, there are elements of uh, of informality uh, definitely uh, within uh, within Algeria, which I think also speak to a, to a wider point, which which I should have perhaps uh, as mentioned earlier, is that no state is is, is is either uh, entirely uh, uh, ruled by formal politics or entirely by by informal politics. You always see uh, a mix where, where, where there are elements of of informality uh, 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 within within the state. Absolutely, and I think that that's important, especially in cases like Algeria or Chad, that kind of look very much one or the other. As we've been going through, we have been doing a bit of comparison between the case studies. But is there anything further you'd like to tell us about comparing the four of them all together? Yeah, um, I, I, I think I think um, I think it, it is important to say that that of course when you do such a broad uh, study with with uh, comparing uh, four rather different uh, cases. It, it it obviously have a it comes at a at a cost in in in, in the kind of details you can uh, you you're able to uh, to 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 put into it. Um, but but I think that um, but I, but I think that there's also some uh, some 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 really interesting uh, patterns that 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 comes to light when you look at very diverse cases. And one of the things that that I was surprised by, for example. Uh, which we haven't really talked about yet is is the way that in very different contexts you see the Western intervening powers they accept uh, uh, simulate state building not uh, officially of course but in practice you see very very few um, uh, consequences when they uh, register that that it is uh, probably simulated state building taking taking place so by looking at the and existentially threatened regimes. We also we also get an idea about uh, the kind of dynamics there is when we have a, 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 a crisis and, and and Western powers really rely on uh, a local regime to handle uh, to handle a threat. Um, and and I think that that that's that's very interesting. And that is also part of the conversation about uh, political and administrative reforms, which of course is, is perhaps less. Um, uh, we, we speak less of them uh, today than 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 we did a few years ago. But 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 some of some of the ideas are still there. I mean, there's a lot of, for example, military assistance, which also is an idea about improving the efficiency of, of the state institutions and so forth. Uh, but the Western powers are really willing to to put that aside uh, during a time of crisis uh, in order to, simply to uh, to uh, to avoid having to. Uh, uh, either take a political confrontation with the regime, or or perhaps even uh, leaving. So so uh, the interest, the, the political interest of of intervening and and staying, they are so strong that that uh, that they uh, they accept a lot of stimulated development in all four cases. Um, and also, I think I think um, I think also what what really stands out is that 
um, the strength, how how strong uh, uh, informal political institutions are, uh, the power of um, once it is in place, you really have to play by by these. Uh, you have to play by these rules. I think that 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 is also very very. Uh, very very important observation across the cases because in the in the few pockets of of the informal politics within the Algerian case, there's really no way that uh, the decision makers uh, would be able to uh, to go against the interests of of their client the clients. So really studying not only the the regime level but also their relations with domestic elites and uh, and how these elites uh are able to to influence the decisions of uh, uh of the regime i think that that is extremely interesting and uh, and, and a very um and and that that is one one of the advantages of of looking at four rather diverse cases that we see the same kind of uh importance uh or, or strength of uh, informal politics i'm glad you added that in because i do think that it's worth um bringing into this conversation and seeing how these all go together and speaks as well to um i think kind of the next thing i'd like to we, we've danced around a little bit and i'd like to make it explicit what are the implications for your findings for western interventions um yeah i, I, I think the, the book uh has become part of, of, of an increased skepticism um, uh, against both uh, uh, Western uh, military interventions and the uh, UN peacebuilding initiatives and so forth. Um, so so I, I think in that sense it's, 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 it's part of, of uh, it's part of, of the way we, we look at it at, at the moment. Um, but I think, but I think there's, there's still something that are perhaps more uh, specific uh, to um, to, um, to to this uh, to this work. Uh, I think what, one of one of the main points is, of course, even existentially threatened regimes would have a strong interest in the in the in in the, uh, carrying out reforms. They they are unable to do it. So that that should really be a starting point. If, if they are unable to do it in a time of crisis, well, then perhaps um, we need to think of uh, political and administrative reforms in, in another way. Either that it's something that 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 should be uh, be implemented at a later point, or perhaps uh, it should be uh, demanded in a way that takes into consideration uh, the power con- the 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 way. Um, you know, the politics work and 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 the interest of 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 the elite. So so that that it's much more uh, uh, carefully uh, um, uh, specified. Um, I think I think that that is also that is also a a point. Um, and but and another point is that this is um, perhaps also um, a question of of. Of, of, uh, there's also a danger in this uh, conclusion that you might end up saying, well, perhaps you should simply just accept status quo. You should just work with um, whatever regime is in power, and you should accept that you're not really able to change anything. So, so what you actually believe is, is some of the the reasons behind uh, an insurgency, a civil war. You don't really address them. So, so there's also a, 
uh, danger of complacency in, in this uh, in this approach. Um, so so um, I, I think it it, uh, it really raises the question of how can you be realistic about um, the kind of of political environment the regime navigates in, but at the but on the other hand, don't don't simply accept that that the the things cannot be changed uh, at any point. So so and and I really struggle with the question: what what kind of uh, policy recommendations should I uh, should I make, or should I um, should should I say that perhaps you should use um, use informal politics in in a, in, a, in the sense that um, that you uh, assume that the, uh, the regime navigates by informal politics, and 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 you uh, and and you do politics uh, in a, in a personal sense where uh, you don't really believe in in a wider uh, wider reforms institutional uh, cooperation, but 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 you have a very close personal relation with with a president or prime minister. Um, and and you can say that that has somehow been uh, the French approach, at least uh, during uh, the Cold War and in in in, in their uh, uh, former colonies uh, to to have this very uh, close uh, personal relations um, and manipulate elite politics. Uh, uh, who do we want to protect and and who do we want and and where do we want to see a, a shift in in regime, but not really. It's not really about changing uh, politics, but but it's about changing the the, the person. But but in a sense that that is really. Um, but there are so many downsides by uh, by choosing this approach. It's, and it, you you could you could argue that it's actually the Russian approach in in Africa at the moment that they cooperate with the with the decision makers. They protect them. They provide this uh, Praetorian protection. Uh, but they don't really care about wider reforms or addressing uh, uh, grievances and so forth. So, so what? So what I what I would uh, would argue is perhaps that um, we should uh, follow uh, what uh, Jan Pospisil uh, uh, here argues that uh, perhaps we should have formalized political unsettlement, which is uh, which is a way of saying that perhaps we should. Um, uh, we should work, uh, accept that we have this informal politics, but uh, and and keep keep some of the some of the the elements uh, open and within the uh, political institution and so forth, um, and 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 then seek changes slowly, uh, but 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 constantly putting in uh, pressure for 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 different kind of. Uh, for, 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 for new ways of, of uh, letting uh, other elites uh, express their grievances or uh, have, having a way of, of navigating um, um, uh, navigating these uh, kind of uh, uh, political um, um, uh, yeah, grievances. Some very uh, interesting ways this could be taken forward. I'm sorry, uh, just come again. Uh, I think these are some really interesting ways this could be kind of taken forward and implications. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us on this piece? I, I think when 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 I recommend that you look very carefully at at the at the at the kind of uh, informal institutions that are in place and and really uh, uh, limit the, the 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 what 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 the local regime can do. 
I think if you look at the way that uh, uh, international politics is developing at the moment, I think we might actually see that we move in, in a different direction from a policy perspective. I think that um, um, if, if we have a more uh, intense uh, rivalry among the great powers, I think we will see a lot of the same uh, dynamic as we saw during the, the Cold War, where uh, you accept um, you 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 simply uh, you simply accept what the what the you don't really put pressure on 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 the local regime. So uh, it was democratic communism back then, and now it's more about uh, democracy uh, versus authoritarianism. Um, but but it also means that you accept democracy at face value, and and you accept perhaps that. Uh, Simulated state building will take place. I, I would, I would, I would expect, uh, I would expect that to happen a lot. That we, that as long as there are formalized elections, for example, uh, then we we don't really mind if if it's if it's undermined by by various ways. Uh, because at at at, uh, at least nominally, it is a democracy, and 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 they are the state is is is, is uh, aligned with the. Uh, with the U.S., for example, so I think that that is very that is very dangerous, and that really goes against the the, the kind of recommendations I would make. But uh, but I'm afraid that at the moment we're we're moving in in a, in a different direction where we have we will tend to uh, to reduce uh, our to, to 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 really simplify our understanding of of uh, of local political dynamics because they are they are seen as part of of a wider power play uh, at, at an international level. I think that will be interesting to see, as you said, what direction this goes in, in terms of the content. Um, but on a sort of similar point for my final question, I'm wondering what direction you might be going in. Um, now that this book is obviously out there, people can read it. Is there anything you're currently working on or looking to work on in the future that you'd like to preview for the audience? Yeah, I, I mean, this might not be a surprise, uh, but but I'm 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 looking into uh, to proxy wars, which has really uh, become a, a literature again. Um, so um, and 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 I try to see it from from the the perspective of of elite politics, because as I mentioned, there's a lot of of hedging, a lot of uh, constantly seeking to avoid risk. So what what if we are in a situation where uh, great powers uh, actively try to manipulate uh, local regimes, and and but but if you see that from from a regime perspective, how can they how can they uh, um, take advantages or navigate uh, a situation of of, uh, of great power rivalry? So I think that that kind of contribution to proxy war seen from uh, from below, so to speak, uh, that that could be really interesting because because it it kind of changes um, it kind of changes the uh, the opportunities for, for 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 local regimes when during the war on terror um, they really had to to uh, to navigate uh, a Western pressure because the, the the West were present in so many places where there were very few other options. But but if we come in a situation where there are at least one or perhaps uh, more options, well, how how do you navigate that, and 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 what what kind of like what kind of regime behavior will we see there? I, I'm I'm very interested in that in that question. I don't have any 
final answers at the moment, but 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 I'm working on on the uh, on an article on that. And then also, um, I'm um, I, I'm also very interested in, in in the relationship between war and institutions. We talked a lot about um, a, a lot about institution and, and the power of uh, of institutions, but. But I'm I'm really interested in in trying to understand how war shape or uh, influence the uh, institution. So uh, what's really is uh, when when you have organized violence, it's it's, it's about breaking down uh, the the institution uh, of, of of the enemy and imposing new ones, right? Um, and and that really means that a lot of uh, uh, groups and political collectives. They are really uh, then then a position of extreme uncertainty, extreme fear. So how do they navigate uh, this kind of uh, this kind of situation and 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 and, and this whole uh, uh, volatility uh, that comes uh, that comes with this uh, uncertainty? I think that that's an extremely interesting uh, question. Um, so, but that's that's a that's a more uh, broad, uh, perhaps theoretical. Um, uh, project that I'm that I'm working on, but I think but I think it's it's a very interesting element the the relationship between institutions and violence. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for previewing those for us. They are quite interesting. Um, but while you go off and work on them, of course, listeners can read the book we've been discussing, titled "Western Intervention and Informal Politics: Simulated State Building and Failed Reforms." Trolls, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. You're welcome, Miranda.